is Mark Ruffalo's Hulk in the upcoming Moon Knight project? Plus, what if episode 4 got really dark and really depressing? Find out why I think it's the best episode of What If Yet, coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I like this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Arbulary batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth! Mysterio is the truth! Boom. You looking for this? What's up and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. We've got big news, a big episode of What If, a big week, and just a big episode of the podcast for you right now. Not big, not lengthy, not big like in terms of length, just, you know, big in terms of content. A lot of content to pack in, lots of stuff to talk about. Let's start off the episode by talking about Hulk, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, back in the forefront of the news. I guess so. A picture was released where Mark Ruffalo was spotted in Budapest alongside Oscar Isaac. Now, we all know, and if you don't, now you know, Moon Knight is filming in Budapest right now. We don't know basically anything about this series except for I'm crazy hyped about it. I think it's going to be fantastic. We know that Oscar Isaac is playing Mark Spector. We know that Ethan Hawke is cast. That's it. That's it. That's all we know about the project. So... For a picture of Mark Ruffalo in Budapest alongside Oscar Isaac to come out on social media, a little sus, a little interesting, and I think this is an interesting situation not only because of what we actually saw, but because of the way that Mark Ruffalo responded to this picture. Here is what he said in a tweet. As the person who's responsible for this next phase of the MCU, I would hate to spoil something. I have learned the hard way. Uh, I'm sorry, come again? As the person who's responsible for the next phase of the MCU? Okay, this is this is a cryptic tweet to the max because is Mark Ruffalo saying that he's actually responsible for the future of the MCU, for the next phase of the MCU right now? Because that's not the way it looks at all. And it could be a hint. It could be, it could be a little, little juicy nugget here that he's involved heavily. He's one of the only remaining Avengers left on the table of, of the OG Avengers that could carry things forward. So I could see that happening. It's also extremely suspicious that he was in Budapest, which is such a remote filming location, while a show is being filmed for Phase 4. I think that's very interesting. Obviously, Mark Ruffalo, known for spoiling things. I have learned the hard way, he says. That's true. But Mark, it sounds like you might have just spoiled something else, my guy. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. I just think it's a cryptic tweet. I try not to read too much into these these cryptic tweets because they could just mean absolutely nothing. Who who knows? But Bruce Banner could be leading up some Phase Four projects, I guess, and we could maybe seeing him in Moon Knight. That that could be happening. Other topic on the docket, real quick before I talk about What If Episode Four, which, by the way, my favorite episode of What If Yet. Shang-Chi comes out tomorrow. I am seeing Shang-Chi in IMAX tomorrow, Thursday at 7 p.m. Very, very excited. I hope that if you feel safe enough to go see Shang-Chi, that you go do so. You go support this film. Go watch it in a theater. It is projected to have a $90 million opening worldwide box office. That is amazing and wonderful to hear. And I really, really, really hope it's actually true and comes to fruition. 
I'm really excited about it. I think the hype is there. It's really just just an exciting project, exciting time. Again, please only go if you feel safe in doing so. And look, if you do go, wear a mask. Doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. Wear a mask, respect others around you. And please, please, for the love of God, go get vaccinated. Okay, let's talk about What If Episode 4, the best episode of What If Yet. It. I immediately wanted to rewatch it. This is the first episode of What If, specifically, that I've immediately wanted to flip around and, and watch again, just so I could go through it again. Absolutely the most emotional, the most, like, drawing, the most intense, the most real life, the most... I just felt it was, like, the most everything. It was soulful and, and a heartbroken script. I think AC Bradley knocked it out of the park. AC Bradley, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, come on the podcast, fam. I, I need to talk to you about this. I need to talk through What If Episode 4 because I'm dealing with heartbreak now because of this episode, because of how well it is written. So come on the show. Let's talk about it. It was soulful. It was a great, great script. And I think at the core of this episode is that we get to see the true character flaws in Doctor Strange. We get to see what arrogance and pride can lead to and how it really, it doesn't only impact you, but it impacts everything and everyone around you. And we visually see that in this episode with Doctor Strange and, and Strange Supreme. This episode really does embrace the idea that not every multiverse, not every butterfly effect, not every alternate choice is victorious or successful or fulfilling. What we've seen so far, minus episode three, kind of, episode three kind of gave us that like, oh, Hope Van Dyne didn't survive. A little, you know, a little sad, like this alternate reality is not all great. But we've seen in, in one and two that things go better. Like things are good in this alternate reality. This is really our first look and our first hit at it's not all good. It's It doesn't always pan out to be something that's good and fulfilling and, and just. Some alternate universes are just ridden with pain and hurt and loss. And that's exactly what we see in this episode, which Strange is ultimately left with at the very end of the episode. He's stuck inside his own jail, his own reality that he's created, that he's manifested, he's worked his way to, and he's stuck there because of his arrogance that was breeding self-destruction. And now he has to live with that in this, in this reality that he's done. It's definitely by far the deepest and darkest episode of what if yet of quite possibly any, any of the Marvel shows, any, maybe any of Marvel television shows, we get a, just a brutally honest look at this character again. And, and I think what, makes this episode so interesting to me is that we get to take on the character flaws. I've said it before and I'll say it again right now and I'll continue to say it, but Marvel has a glaring problem within their universe that characters don't get consequences for their actions. They just don't. They're either justified through self-acceptance, through other people telling them that it's okay, or they're just swept under the rug as something that was necessary. Had to be done. Had to take care of the bad guy. Had to take care of the the opposing force. And so it's okay. It's okay to do this thing. And that is not great. That's not great story writing. It's not great character development. It's not great rounding out of, of emotional things in general. And so I've always had a problem with that. But look, phase four is changing that. And I could not be happier about it. Specifically, this episode 
it dives into that. It shows us what happens when real consequences are suffered from the wrong decisions. We see Doctor Strange make a wrong decision or make a decision in that kind of self-greed, arrogance mindset. And we get to see what what happens. And it's not short-lived. It's not justified in the end. It's permanent. It's impactful. And we, as an audience member as well, we have to live with that decision, knowing that that is what this character gets because it's what the character chose. I think that, specifically for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, is a big problem. That it hasn't figured out how to write those. Phase 4 is really looking promising. You look at WandaVision and you look at What If, you look at this episode of What If, you look at Loki, we're starting to get really better character kind of rounding and and understanding that, yes, we do live in a superhero world and we do live in this this universe where things are good and, and the hero generally saves the day. But sometimes that can't be the choice. Sometimes people have to live with the decisions that they make. So anyway, the long and short of it is... I liked the writing of this episode. I think it really does good. This episode also shows us that living with grief and hurt while trying to move forward is just really fucking hard. It that that's at the core of this episode. It it shows us that sometimes choices that need to be made are not the easiest ones and and at our core, not the choices that we want to make. There's a very specific scene that that really kind of kind of hit me and t- and and spoke to me if you will the scene where Wong tells Strange to follow him before he does something reckless we see this scene basically take place twice once in the like the first version where we see him go dark and then second when we find out the ancient one has split the timeline and in the split timeline Doctor Strange goes and does go with Wong and does go outside and and makes the decision to not live in the past for one single night. But out of this scene and out of this decision, again, we get really rounded character flaws from Doctor Strange himself, and they get to play out because we get to see what happens when he feeds his confidence, when he feeds his arrogance, and it inevitably leads to destruction and more pain. But in that split timeline... He makes a really hard decision not to live in the past for a single night. He makes that really difficult decision to step away and do the tough thing of letting time move forward without that immediate hurt being so present. And that's visually represented because he makes this decision and we get to see him step outside of the Sanctum Sanctorum and see the sunshine on his face and it's a new day, right? And he gets this kind of uplifting moment before he realizes the, the world is going kaputs. But for me, it was just it, it was just a, an intense episode that really spoke to me. I think this is the first what if, definitely the first what if episode, probably the first episode of any Disney Plus series so far that has really real and I mean like really plussed up something and made me care more about a previous property or a film. This being the case with the Doctor Strange movie. Because in the Doctor Strange movie, and and I just put out a Patreon episode reviewing the Doctor Strange movie. If you want to go check it out, go to the Patreon page. It's it's a great episode, and, and we talk about, my guest and I talk about all of the things surrounding Doctor Strange. But we start that film with this implied dating history of Christine Palmer and Stephen Strange. And, and the film doesn't really take time to deep dive on that or their relationship, except for these kind of hints here and there. 
Now, there are definitely some serious story issues with, with the relationship in the film, how it just kind of disappears. And you'll hear my gripes about that on the Patreon. Go check it out. That's not what I'm here to talk about now. But I do think it it really pluses the film because we get a deeper look into how in love Doctor Strange really is with Christine Palmer. We don't really see that in the movie. And we get a better written story about that right now in 35 minutes of animation. So take that as you will. But I think it tells us and it gives us more to identify with when we go back and rewatch Doctor Strange. We get to see very specifically in that movie when he snaps at, at Christine Palmer. And now we kind of know how much that frustration and how much that snap really means to both of them and the amount of heartbreak that it probably actually caused. And it's not just some some blowover scene anymore. It matters because of this new character development that we have in the What If episode. There is one quote in this episode that I think is important. I think it's an important thing to remember to stick with. It goes, there is a fine line between devotion and delusion. Love can break more than your heart. It can shatter your mind. Obviously referring to Strange's love for Christine, but you can really extrapolate that and it can go to anything. There's a fine line between devotion and delusion. As soon as you start pouring more of yourself than than you should into something, things can go south pretty pretty fast. And I really, really liked that quote. I always talk about the voices in the What If episode because I do think with it being so heavy on the voice work, with it being animation, it's important to talk about Benedict Cumberbatch, my man, coming through with not one but two stellar performances. I think he crushed it as the as the dark kind of Strange Supreme and the original Doctor Strange. Again, on the Patreon episode, I made a point that I needed more Rachel McAdams. I wished for more Christine Palmer, and I hope she comes back in the MCU. Bam! Marvel Studios was listening. They they heard. I knew they were listening to the episode because we got more Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer. I was hyped. Although it's an animation, although it's kind of like in the same moment, lived over and over and over again, it still happened, people, and I still loved every second of it. I think Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer is one of the most poorly written and underutilized characters in the MCU flat out. Just going to put that out there. Jeffrey Wright, again, cements the fact he's the perfect role of the Watcher. Just going to say that. The music and the score in this episode was on 10. It goes way harder than it needs to be. And that's true for the entirety of Phase 4 so far. We have gotten some serious, serious music that has elevated everything that we've seen. You think about Loki, and without that very particular score and music, we don't get the same emotional draw and impact from Loki that, that we did get. I loved the ending of this episode, where you get a piece of the score that translates from the actual footage of the episode into the credits, and it makes you live with what you just watched. There's no cutaway. There's no easy point to say, okay, I'm done with this episode. It forces you to sit in the emotion that you are experiencing, and everything that you just watched for the past 35 minutes, you still are dealing with. You still have to figure it out. I love that. I love that emotional connection. The Watcher, I'm just going to say, he talks to Strange in this episode. Strange talks to him and makes me think that the Watcher is going to get involved eventually. He says he can't interfere. He says he won't. He said he won't intervene. I don't know, my guy. I don't know. Seems a little interesting that we're continually getting more scenes with him, increasingly meaningful interactions and statements from the Watcher. Book it. He's coming. 
couple Easter eggs before we wrap it up. Uh, in the comics, Cagliostro's name is Obang, which is the name of the guy that Strange finds kind of in this in this alternate universe. Love to see the joke about Sorcerer Armani and, and his name being Strange, a direct callback to the Doctor Strange film with Caecilius. Love that joke in Doctor Strange. Love it in this episode of What If... Look, this episode is pushing pushing a, a 9 for me. It's pushing a low 9. I'm going to just go with the gut, as I do per usual on the podcast. I'm going to toss it down and say we've got a 9.2 episode on our hands here. Because, ah, I just loved this episode of What If So Much. You know I'm going to rewatch it as soon as possible, as soon as my schedule allows me. And it pluses up other MCU properties. It gives us a full, full character. It gives us really good emotional depth and character depth. And allows us to see an alternate universe. Oh, it was so good. What did you think about episode four of What If? Let me know on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. A special shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark and Hajir Shakib. Thank you so much. I will see you back here next time for a spoiler heavy review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Finally happening, people. Let's get it. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster.